thanks for listening and supporting this podcast. I'm Camille Diaz, and if you are sick and tired of setting goals and not achieving them, jump on over to my website, go.optimized.zone. Enroll in my online course, Driven, and gain access to the exact formula I've used to accomplish my goals, like write a book, increase revenue, lose 30 pounds, and record over 100 episodes of this podcast. Start experiencing the joy and satisfaction that comes with achieving your goals. That's go.optimized.zone. Welcome. This is Money Heart, where we explore the emotional side of money. I'm Camille Diaz, and today we're discussing saving for college with 529. My guest is Patricia Roberts. She's the Chief Operating Officer at Gift of College, Inc., and author of Route 529, A Parent's Guide to Saving for College and Career Training with 529 Plans. Over the past 22 years, Patricia has helped tens of thousands of families avoid or minimize student loan debt through her extensive work with 529 plans. She has just had the pleasure of seeing her son graduate from college debt-free, and she's on a mission to help other families experience the same. She's also on a mission to encourage employers to help employees save for college by matching contributions to college savings accounts. Patricia, welcome to Money Heart. Thank you so much, Camille. I'm so happy to be here. I'm excited to have you here. And it is such a lovely thing that you've done for your son. Tell us what made you so committed to get him through college debt-free, because this is cool. Not everybody manages to pull this off. So I'm super excited. Oh boy. Well, I got to take you a little bit back into my childhood to help you to understand how this all came about. Okay. So at the age of 10, my father became a missing person. He disappeared without a trace one morning. Oh and my gosh. And mom, yes, um, with four children, one of whom is developmentally disabled, um, a home about to go into foreclosure cars about to be repossessed and no money in the bank. And our family spiraled very quickly into a really tough situation. Yeah. And to make matters more complicated, our mom became critically ill in the process and we nearly lost her as we were losing just about everything else. Oh, so um, tough times. I'm Never happy to say. You were 10. Of 10. Yeah. And oh I was the youngest of four, but somehow, as is the case, I think in most families, someone falls into a leadership role and sort of becomes the glue that holds it all together. And that was me, even though I was the youngest. And um, I really had a lot of experiences that impacted the future of my life and the course of it and what I wanted for the family that I created. Uh, one of the things I learned along the way, I'm thankful to say my mom did recover, although she had a lot of years of very, very serious medical situations, mm. but she did recover from that, bounced back enough to find us a home, really inexpensive home, it was $100 a month, a little farmhouse to live wow. in keep us together. And she became a domestic laborer. She did house cleaning and babysitting anything she could think of doing to keep us on track. She had been a housewife, homemaker at my father's insistence. And although she studied a business curriculum 
in high school and had a secretarial job and a bookkeeping job when she was first married. He didn't want her to work outside of the home. And she, you know, followed along with his request and was very happy and exceptional at what she did. What she didn't have was any vision whatsoever into the family finances. He handled everything. So she really didn't know the precarious situation we were in and she didn't have current skills or earnings of her own. So that made her very vulnerable. One of the things she taught us, Camille, was to always, regardless of our relationship status as we grew older, to always, always have money in our own name and to get an education and have some current job skills. Back, Back in the 1970s, you may or may not know this, women did not have credit in their own names. My mom had no line of credit, no ability to get credit. Her money was commingled with my dad. And when he took off, he took all of that money. So we really learned a lot through the process. I'm Um, always telling people that to have money in your own name and know where the money is and what's going on. Even if you're not a money person and you want your significant other to manage it, you still have to peek in once in a while know where the accounts are, know how to log in, know thing, you know, you, you want to be able to see what's going on. Even if everything goes well in your relationship, they might get sick, they might get injured, and it might fall to you to be in charge of not only their medical care, but getting the bills paid and paying, making sure, you know, the house is taken care of and all that stuff. And it could happen overnight. So even if you feel like your spouse is always going to be there, you got to have money in your own name so that you can go do stuff that you need to do and you got to be involved at least a little bit in what's happening. Yeah, 100% support that. Yeah, that's that's tremendous advice. Uh, because of the situation my family was in, my high school guidance counselor actually suggested strongly that I not go to college, but rather stick with the waitressing job that I had started when I was 14 because I was doing quite well with it. So you went to your high school guidance counselor, said, I want to go to college. What do I need to do? And they said, sorry, honey, don't go to college. Your life is too stressed out. You're not going to make it. Pretty much so. Yeah. And with, with the suggestion that I stick with something I was already doing well at, and that was this waitressing job. My mom would have nothing of that. And she said, you're going to college. We're going to work this out. And you know, you're going to come back stronger, which is exactly what I did. So I did go to college in the end and I was able to find waitressing work at my college. In well, my college. first I'm going to say yay for your mom because yay. she encouraged you to do the thing. And I'm thinking waitressing, you can do that everywhere. There's that's, that's a very transferable skill. So there's no reason you couldn't waitress in college and yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I was able to find that job and two others because I really needed the money (laughs) both to help myself while I was at school and then to send some money home to help my mom and my brother who has the special needs. But I was able to accomplish that. It was a lot of work, but I did it and I got my degree. And as my mom predicted, I was in a much better situation than I would have been in had I not gone to school. Um, so I did have to borrow some money for my undergraduate degree and I had to borrow even more, uh, for my graduate degree, even though I worked full time and went to school at night, 
But nonetheless, once I was able to get those student loans under control and establish myself in my career, which I would have never been able to do without that valuable education, I began to be more and more able to help my mom and my brother in more substantial ways. And I am so proud to tell you that I was able to buy them a home to live in. Oh, how um, cool. Yeah. I love that. I love it. I love it. I love it. And, you know, just having lost as a family or family home and right. really lived in quite transient circumstances thereafter, mm -hmm. it was really nice to be able to buy something modest for them to live in and for my other siblings and our extended family to gather for the holidays and such. Yeah. And I, I did that in 2010. And even though my mom passed away in 2016, my, my brother still resides there living independently with some assistance. Yes. And it's a place that I really cherish. And I'm so proud that I was able to do that. And it's a place that my family can gather and something I'll always feel good about. My mom was living in HUD housing um, and in a, in a setting that wasn't necessarily safe for her, mm. but um, transients in and out in that particular location. Also, there was a spiral staircase um, leading from the ground floor up. And as she grew older and weaker, that was not going to be sustainable. And I feared she was going to get hurt in some ways. So I was real happy I was able to do this all because I got that degree. And in terms of how this impacted my thinking for my son, given the fact that um, his dad and I both came from circumstances that were very low income, and given the fact that we both knew and had experienced firsthand the many doors that higher education opened for both of us, we were so committed when we had him to make sure that we could provide for his higher education. We had over $100,000 in student loan debt between us when wow. this young man arrived in our lives in 1999. But we were determined, absolutely determined to avoid the stress <laughs> that we had uh, right. for him. We wanted him to have a more favorable experience. And while we had no idea how we were gonna do this, we were living in a small one bedroom apartment. Mm -hmm. We said, we're going to just start putting a little money away at a time and we're going to take it directly from our paycheck. So the money never passes. You never way. see it. Yes, yes, yes. We did. And that's what we were committed to doing. It's exactly what we did. And we did that over 18 years, even continued to save while he was in college, knowing that he might pursue a graduate degree someday. And those savings coupled with an academic scholarship that he obtained from his school. So he made a very good choice in selection of schools. It's not only about the savings, it's right. about spending them down in a responsible way by picking a school that was affordable. A little um, bit of strategy there on school that's affordable, absolutely. place where you can get a scholarship, you know, st stuff like that, something in state versus out of state. Yep. All those things added up and that's what led to him graduating debt-free but we are so proud that graduation day we were proud our son graduated with the highest of honors at his university and we celebrated that of course and we also celebrated the feeling of having done it together as a family and him starting out this adult life without the stress that we had. It took us 20 years to pay back our student loans. He's starting out with none and he's got 
you know, the world ahead of him. So That's the so amazing. Is amazing. amazing. <laughs> you, yes. So you and your husband combined, you know, you get together, you to the two of you have a hundred thousand dollars of student loan debt. And now we have a baby and everyone knows that children seem to cost a lot of money is because you have to, you know, feed them. They eat a ton. You have to house them. You have to clothe them. You have to take them to school, all this stuff. There's always a new project or a new activity. So you've got that you've got to pay for. You've got to pay for your stuff. And still you found a way to save for him, even though you're paying all these other things, you, you, because you were committed to it. You said, I'm going to do this. And so you made it. Happen. We were committed to it. And we actually visualized what we wanted the experience to be like. And although we didn't have a clue what he would pursue someday or even what he would look like as a young man, we knew we wanted to have peace of mind and we wanted him to be free of the chains that we had experienced for all those years. And it's exactly what we got in the end because we visualized it. We kept that close to our hearts, that vision, and we took consistent steps towards it. And it, it all worked out. There's no magic to any of this. It wasn't like we were particularly lucky or anything. We just found the way to do it. Where we were fortunate was that I was familiar with 529 plans. I was working at Citigroup at the time as an attorney mm -hmm. and the firm desired to get into the business of 529 plans from an investment and program manager perspective. Okay. So these funds need to be managed, professionally managed by financial services firms. And 529 plans had just come into existence a few years prior. They were interested in seeing how they could play a role to help families, and they needed a lawyer to learn about the specifics of these plans. I was pregnant with Ben when that assignment reached me, and I found it to be very interesting because I thought, wow, something interesting to learn about. So I learned about 529 plans very early on. And knowing about them gave me the opportunity to invest in them because I had the knowledge. And this is why I am so intent on getting into the workplace with these plans, because I know there's a captive audience there. People are very accustomed to getting acquainted with benefits and um, financial wellness at work. Retirement plans are always top of mind. And I think that reaching employees through the employer providing, you know, some simple information and the ability to do exactly what I did, payroll deduction, mm -hmm. is a wonderful way to reach people. Because unfortunately, even though 529 plans have been around nearly 25 years, almost 65% of Americans when surveyed say they've never heard of them or they're unfamiliar with how they work. So yeah. we've and do a better job of reaching people. And I think one of the ways of doing it is in the workplace and certainly in platforms like yours where you're getting the word out because they are very useful to families attempting to save for college. Yes, they really are. Um, and there's lots of ways to save for college. We're just focusing on 529 today, which is, which is super cool. I love what you brought up about retirement because that made me think of something, not only when you're at, in the workplace and you're thinking, okay, I'm going to save for my retirement and here's my health benefits and here's my college savings. You know, that's a perfect package to put all that together. Um, I, it just sparked the idea of how much better off your son is going to be on his retirement savings because he does not have to pay back a student loan. The, the difference is gonna be huge. 
you are absolutely right. And employers are seeing that those who are encumbered by student loan debt, quite frankly, can't contribute very much at all to the retirement accounts, not even up to the amount that the employer matches, which is so fortunate. So not having that debt is tremendously helpful for my son and his generation and future generations, because if these young people are not prepared for retirement, they're not preparing, they're probably not saving them for their own children. And this becomes a multi-generational crisis because now they have children that they haven't saved for. They're vulnerable in their own retirement and may actually need their children's help someday to assist them. So retirement and college savings really go hand in hand. I talk about this a lot. There's definitely uh, the recommendation from most financial professionals to place retirement savings above higher education savings as a priority. And I think that does make sense. They talk to parents about, in essence, putting your own mask on like you do on an airplane before assisting others. You cannot borrow. There are not loans for retirement as there are for college. Um, And that's one of the things I tell people all the time. I, I put that in my book, in fact, that I say, you can borrow money for almost everything. You can borrow to start a business. You can borrow to go to college. You can borrow to buy a TV. You can borrow to buy a car. You can borrow to buy a house. There is no one loaning money for you to retire because that is not a good investment for them. (laughs) You have no way of proving that you're going to pay that back. So you have to save for retirement first because there's no other option besides you saving or living on what the government may or may not give you. Um, But it really oh my gosh, makes such a huge difference. If you've got a pile of debt, you end up feeling like you can't save. And even if you do save, you're still going to be saving less because you're paying down your debt and trying to save. That's exactly right. And individuals, I mean, after emergency savings, which I think most, and you would agree, is really the priority, then comes the retirement savings. Right. Um, I do believe, however, that families should, if they have higher education goals for their children, prioritize as well to the extent they can saving for that, because not saving for higher education sometimes becomes a retirement problem because parents' instinct take from the retirement savings to pay for college. So there's got to be a way with discipline to do some of both, again, with emergency savings and retirement being the priority. One thing I suggest for families is that they open a college account. And as you said, 529s are not the only way to go. It's what I know most about it. That's why we're talking about it today. There are many other ways to save for college and they're not mutually exclusive. But one thing I suggest is to get the account open. And if it's a 529 account, those 529 providers make it very easy for account owners to invite friends and family to contribute. So even if you feel you're not in a position to contribute much to that account right now due to your circumstances, get the account open and start telling friends and family, if you're comfortable, that you really don't need any more stuffed animals, toys or games, clothes that are going to be outgrown. Thank them very much for their thoughtfulness, you know, with respect to your children, but let them know you're on a mission to prepare for their future and invite them. They can give 
you know, $25 for each birthday or holiday, that can yeah. add up over 18 yeah. years. So I say get that account open, yeah. contribute what you can, automate your savings as um, Anthony and I did. Payroll is a great way to do it because the money doesn't pass your hands, but right. then invite others and talk to your employer and see if they just they'll do it. The hand. Yeah. And, uh, and I know you're going to give my contact information at the end of this, but I if I can be of any help to anyone who is an employer and would like to help in that regard or an employee, just giving you the words to say to ask your employer if they'd be open yeah. to it, I, I'd be glad to help. That would be great. And I, that is so huge of doing a little bit and then letting your family know, Hey, here's what we're doing. Here's what's important to us. We'd love your support. If you want to support us, you know, buy them a $10 gift and right. put the other 25 or 40 or whatever you were going to spend into their savings account, because we don't really need more toys, more plastic things, you get the thing and then they play with the darn box. Like just bring us a cardboard box and <laughs> put some money in their account. Cause the thing kids have that some of the rest of us don't in our savings is they have time mm -hmm. and you can't change that. You can't add time. You can add money, but you can't add time. And the time for the interest to compound on their savings is what really makes something like this amazing is when you start saving early for them, that early money has chances to double in their account because of compound interest. So just- That's really true. Mm -hmm. And I know from my own experience and from other families that I've spoken to, sometimes people are reluctant to ask others, but I've got to tell you, people are generally delighted if you give them a simple, easy idea that they can participate in, they're delighted to do it. They don't know what to buy your children. They stress out trying to figure out what size are they? Do they already have this? Are you gonna approve as the parent of the gift? Yeah. Is this they need or like? This is so easy and it really opens the conversation. I mean, in age appropriate ways, get that those friends and family over for the holidays and let's start talking about what do you wanna, you know, what do you, what change in the world do you wanna contribute to young child? Right. What, what are your passions and interests? Start talking to them about their future and you'll be a part of it. And I think people really do appreciate that opportunity and they'd much rather, there's no buyer's remorse. How many things have you bought for people and you wonder in the end, mm -hmm. why that or are they really enjoying it or you know, is it winding up in a closet or garage sale this is something you can know for certain it's future oriented and it's an investment in that child and yeah. I think it's a great thing to ask people and I bet you in many families people would be delighted to just know that's really what you want great they'll pick up something at the dollar store or a little book instead yes whatever. And yeah. they don't need to stress out about what you do or don't have and what you will or won't like, or whatever the case may be. Right. I think that's the, a fabulous way to go. So, so simple to, to make those gifts to the kids. So tell us a little bit about how 529 works. I know there's some tax benefits. Um, there's certain ways, a couple of rules on how you have to use it. So what, what are the key things that we need to know there if someone wants to set this up as their option? Sure. So first of all, 529, those numbers are the section of the internal revenue code that covers these types of plans, just like there's the 401k or the right. 403b. This is section 529 of the internal revenue code. And what that has done is created a tax advantaged way 
for individuals to save for higher education expenses. So what happens with 529 college savings accounts is that people deposit money, money that they've already earned. So it's money that they've been taxed on already. Mm -hmm. They deposit it in their account. And as the account grows in value, the earnings on it are never taxed along the way as they're growing. Now, that's an advantage because less tax means more money for higher education. Right. Typically, you know, Camille, if you have an investment account or even a bank account that accrues a certain amount of interest, you're getting those tax forms at your end that show what you've earned and you owe tax on those earnings. Right. That is not the case with 529. So while the money's in the account, it is growing tax-free. And those earnings will never be taxed if upon withdrawal, you use the money for a wide range of higher education expenses. Okay. These expenses, let's talk about what they are. First of all, one of the myths about college savings plans is that they're just for college, not true. These plans can be used for a wide range of educational experiences, including traditional colleges and universities, but also two-year schools, four-year schools, as we discussed, graduate and professional schools, trade and technical schools, even certain registered apprenticeships. So this is not just for college. And it's not just college in your state. It's accredited colleges across the US and across the world. So you've got a wide range of institutions at which you can use these funds. And what can you use them for? You can use them for tuitions and fees, room and board, books and supplies, equipment, if you happen to need it in your course of study, even computers. So this covers just about anything your child may need in terms of higher education expenses. Um, I say your child, I want to clarify there, another myth is that the beneficiary on the account has to be your child. It does not. Anyone can open a 529 account for anyone else. Oftentimes grandparents open accounts for a grandchild or an aunt or uncle or a godparent, friend or family member. Anyone can open an account for another future student. Beneficiary is the name. Um, so that those are some of the attributes. In addition to that federal tax-free growth and tax-free withdrawals under the circumstances I described, over 30 states have an additional benefit for residents of their state. They enable individuals who reside in the state to take a state tax deduction or credit for contributing to a 529 plan. In many of the states, they want you to use the home state 529 plan sure. um, in order to get that. There are six or seven states, Pennsylvania is one of them, that allows you to use any plan. But regardless, for investing in a 529 plan, they will give you a state tax deduction or credit as an incentive for having done so. Now, I think you reside in Oklahoma, is that correct? I do, yes. So. In Oklahoma, for instance, and let me look at my book, which I know we will reference later on, I have a chart in the back where I list these 30-some states and what their um, benefits are. For Oklahoma, a single filer can take a $10,000 a year state tax deduction for up to $10,000 in contributions to a 529 plan. $20,000 if you are a married couple filing jointly. And to make it even better in Oklahoma, I see here that 
individuals can carry forward any excess contributions that they've made. So if you make more than $20,000 in contributions, you can carry it to the next year next and take year. the deductible net. So, if you have, so we have a lot of business owners that listen to this show. You know, we have a lot of entrepreneurs listen to the show. So if your business does super, super well this year, you could put up to $20,000 if there were, if you're married filing jointly on, you know, in for this year, but then if your kid's going to college in two years and you just did like a huge deal and you want to put $50,000 in, well, I guess maybe 40, you can only, I don't know how many years you can carry forward, but if you put in 40, you could have your 20 for next year right off on your taxes as well. Um, that's, that's really cool to know. So a little, little bit of strategy there, you know, if you, if you have a, a really flush year and you need to kind of do some tax strategizing. Um, that's cool. I like it. I like that it. That is cool. So, so this is money earmarked for higher education. Mm-hmm. So unlike other forms of investments and savings, which you are very familiar with, I know, um, these funds do need to be used for higher education. And sometimes people are concerned, how do I know when my child is young that they're really going to pursue higher education? Sure. I would say that's certainly something worth thinking about, but I want to point out a few things. It is very likely that a child will pursue some form of higher education after high school and keep in mind just the broad range of experiences that 529s can be used for. Another thing I'd like to mention is if for any reason a particular child, the one you've named as beneficiary on an account, really is not going to use this money for higher education, for at any time. First of all, you can keep it in indefinitely, let them find themselves, take a gap year or two. It's always available for them. But if truly there's no need for it, there's a couple of things that families can do. They can always change the beneficiary on the account to a family member of that original beneficiary. So if it's a child in a family of three children, you can switch the funds to another child. Not only siblings, it's cousins, it's step-siblings, it's um, aunts and uncles, it's all the way up to the grandparents, even the parent who likely may be the account owner can use it for themselves for their own um, career advancement and retooling. So there's plenty of opportunities to use that money. Some families even save it for their child's children someday. So that child of yours may have a family someday, you'll have the money for grandchildren, but nothing is lost. The account owner always owns the funds and they are in control of what happens with them. And that's another point I want to make. 529s leave the control in the hands of the account owner. Um, You may be familiar with UGMA and UPMA accounts, Uniform Gift to Minors Act, Uniform Trust to Minors Act. Those accounts become the um, possession of the young person when they reach the age of majority based on state law. And whoever the trust the person managing that no longer has control over it. Not the case with 529. The account owner always has control and can always decide whether to withdraw the funds or not, whether to change the beneficiary or not. So if your child buys a Harley instead of wanting to go to Harvard, you're not paying for that. They, they don't have access to your funds. You decide the circumstances under which the money can be taken out. Yeah. Another Perfect. thing, yeah, which I think is great. I like the control aspect. Another thing um, account owners should know is that if they really, really have no reason to use these funds and they don't want to save it for another child or attribute it to someone else, they can always take the money out. It belongs to them. Nothing is lost. The only thing is you have not been paying taxes as that account has grown in value. 
only fair, you've got to pay the taxes owed on the account um, on the interest only or the earnings only. Mm-hmm. And then there is a federal tax penalty of 10% on those earnings that is also owed. So if you save $10,000, it's now worth 11. Only that $1,000 is subject to the tax that you had never paid and a 10% penalty. So that would be $100. You should know, though, there is no penalty if you were to withdraw the funds because your child didn't need it because they got a scholarship or they're attending a military academy. So if your child is fortunate enough to get a scholarship and not need the money, you can always pull it out. You'll pay the tax because you hadn't paid it on the earnings, but you will never owe a penalty if the withdrawal is due to scholarship, disability of the child, or God forbid, you know, loss of the child's life. There's never a penalty in those circumstances. So families really do have more flexibility than they sometimes realize with these accounts. So I'm curious, when you're starting one of these accounts, how is there an age restriction? Do you have to start it on a child or can you start one for another adult? No age restriction whatsoever. In fact, a lot of adult learners are establishing these accounts for themselves or for their future educational goals. So oftentimes you think of 529s as being established for a child. And as you said, the more time you have, the better the younger the child, probably the better, but it's never too late, never too early to start saving. And you can save even for yourself. So you can name yourself as the beneficiary. I said that beneficiary doesn't have to be your child. It can be yourself. And a strategy that some parents undertake is when they're expecting a child, they already have gifts coming in, or maybe they want to tell people even for the baby shower, hold off on the diaper genie or whatever it is. Let's help us with the 529 account. You can open the account, name yourself as the beneficiary, and then switch it once you have the child has arrived and you've got a social security number for the child. So people can also do that as well if they choose to. But as I said, never too early, never too late and can be used for adult education. Very nice. And good to know if you, let's say you've got a couple of kids and you're expecting you're going to have a third one, like you're planning, but they're not here yet. You know, you're not even pregnant yet, but I want a third one. You could open all three accounts and be funding all three accounts. And then once you have the third one, switch that beneficiary over to the child. So good. Exactly right. Yeah. 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 Really good. If you're, if you're on the ball and strategizing, you can really make this work to your advantage. That is super, super cool. Tell us about your book. How can we get all this information where we can look at it regularly? Well, first of all, I wrote this book during the pandemic. I had, I found myself with some extra time on my hands, not commuting, not on business travel. And I kept hearing on the news, despite the devastation of the pandemic, I kept hearing the devastating news of the 1.6, $1.7 trillion in student loan debt and the worries that individuals had about being able to repay this debt during the pandemic. And I thought, gee, we're constantly talking about student loan debt. Is anyone really consistently talking about how to avoid it? And I thought, here I am with all this knowledge, all this knowledge. I've worked with these plans over 22, now 23 years. Mm-hmm. I've got my own child getting through college debt free. Why don't I just write a book? So here go. it is. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's called Route 529. As you mentioned in the beginning, I, um, I made it with, first of all, my son helped me with the cover, my college student son. Um, and we wanted to make it about a journey. 
because I think you would agree, Camille, savings is really a journey. We oh, have yeah. that destination in mind. Um, we picked the color. This is an educational cover. In fact, you've got a pencil in your head, which is probably the color of um, somewhere. Which yep. is the other one fell out. Yes. The but other I one did fell have out. One of those. So I'm going to describe it a little bit for people if they're just listening to us. So it's yes. got that number two pencil yellow on the cover. And then there's a, a like a highway sign that says Route 529 with a little mortarboard cap on there. It's graduating. And sort of the, um, what is that tassel that would be coming down is actually a road that weaves through. It's pretty cool. I like it. And what does the hazard sign say? Because there's a little hazard sign on there. I can't the hazard avoid sign. debt and regret. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I, I got to tell you, Camille, I meet people all the time that tell me they so regret having not prepared for their child's higher education expenses and just how sad they are and how sorry they are that they didn't know about 529 plans because they are so easy to open. You can open them in many cases with $25 or even less. It takes right. 10 or 15 minutes. You can do it directly online or you can do it with the help of a financial professional, which you don't necessarily need, but if you have one, why not consult that person? But yeah. so many people are regretful. And I gotta tell you that weight of regret is heavy. And when you see your child then struggling in their adult life to repay something that perhaps you as a family could have helped prepare for, it's so disheartening. And I really want people to know that the power's in their hands. They're in the driver's seat. They don't have to save at all, but whatever they save is that much less that they'll have to borrow and repay with interest. And I will tell you straight from my heart, it feels so good to have prepared. And it feels so good to not have the weight of any regret and to have done something as a family that we can all appreciate. I can't tell you, my son wrote the forward to the book and I know you'll soon be looking at it even further, Camille, but yes. he what he learned um, about tackling big goals just from this college savings process. He knows exactly what we did. We acquainted him with it in age appropriate ways. He put some of his allowance towards it sometimes or some of his birthday money, he counted his coins. We drive a 22 year old car. He understands that car has helped get him to college because we never bought another one. So there's a lot of financial education that comes with um, preparing for the future and your children can learn a tremendous amount and it feels good. It sure does. And I love that concept about involving your kids in the saving, teaching them what you're doing, because not only are you helping them build generational wealth by not having debt when they start out, being able to save for more for their retirement, you're also teaching them how to manage it and how to pass it on. So that's beautiful. Thank you. This is this has been fabulous. I'm so excited that you got to join me today. Thank you so much, Patricia. Thank you, Camille, for inviting me. And I want to stay in touch with you and continue to support you and your audience in any way if you need me again. Oh yeah, Please. absolutely. We will we will be talking again for sure. Uh, you can reach Patricia on LinkedIn under the handle Patricia Roberts Solutions, or you can just email her directly at patricia at giftofcollege.com. Her book, Route 529, A Parent's Guide to Saving for College and Career Training with 529 Plans is available on Amazon. 
Thank you as well to all of our listeners and viewers. I'm your host, Camille Diaz. I specialize in financial education, life insurance with living benefits, and guaranteed lifetime income. You can contact me and find out what else I'm up to through my website, CamilleDiaz.com, and follow me on social media at Cam Unfiltered. Be sure to follow Money Heart at Money Heart Show and on our website, MoneyHeartShow.com. So Patricia provided a money mantra for us today, which I really, really like. I think it's one of those things we're continuously trying to teach people. So with respect to financial goals, start with your why and hold it close to your heart. Small, consistent steps will get you there. <laughs>